I want to talk to you all today about the danger of fear. I think it is extremely important that we have this conversation. Fear, for the most part, has one main objective in line, and that is to rob you of your tomorrow. That's the primary objective. Rob you of your tomorrow by distorting your realities, by, by making you almost like forget what God has done, by, 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 by making us walk around almost defeated before we even try. That's the objective of fear. And John 10.10, and I don't have my Bible with me, but I have my my phone. I'm not crazy about looking scriptures up on my phone. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with that. But in John 10.10, the Bible teaches us, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let that soak in a second. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, kill what? Steal what? Destroy what? I want you all to do some thinking on this. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The way the enemy works, I truly believe. Uh, A spirit of fear, in many cases, is sunk to us. It can come from bad news from somebody. It can come from something that happened in the past and we're reliving it and we're, we're afraid to, I don't know, go into business again or, 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 or make a move that we need to make because we're worried about what happened in the past. So it's a spirit that's sunk. And this isn't me getting all weird. The Bible teaches us, where's that passage? Let me look it up here. I think I wrote that one down. 2 Timothy 1.7. In case you all say, well, it's not really a spirit. Well, let me just go to a Bible passage because you guys know me. One, I'm not a minister. Two, I soak in my word. Uh, and three, I want to be accurate. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, uh, hang on a second here. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a spirit, but, but of power, love, and self-discipline. The New International Version says, for God did not give, for God, for the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but give us power, love and self-discipline. I'm looking for the King James Version. King James Version. For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So let's, let's think on that for a second. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Okay, so there's a spirit of fear? That's considered a spirit, a spirit of fear? Think on that for a second. It's a spirit of fear. So where does that come from? And we all know that answer. So if God didn't give it to us, where does it come from? How do we respond when the spirit comes to us? Sometimes I believe it can come just through roaming through social media, to be quite honest with you. And, and, and you know, or, or watching the news. You know, there's so many things going on in the world today. My goodness, I can't even comment on so many things that's happening and we can easily be controlled by this spirit of fear this spirit of fear can come in terms of worrying stressing about things wondering what's going to happen tomorrow where does that come from sometimes that can come through roaming through social media or or what have you and it looks like everybody is doing so well and everybody's doing good and what about you 
And then you're fearful because you, 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 you don't want to get out there and embarrass yourself or you don't want to get out there and do something and fail at it or end up with nothing. Remember I did an episode on the fear of scarcity or something like that, a scarcity mindset. I think that's the, the name of that podcast. And that, that, that's something that I struggle with. But what I didn't recognize is that really was a spirit of fear. Please listen to me. I spent the entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday, literally in prayer and meditation, asking God to give me wisdom and insight over fear, releasing it, no longer accepting fear into my life. Where does the spirit of fear come from? And how do we reject it? We reject it with the word and the knowledge of God. Now, I believe in calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong. And I believe in prayer. Get some substance with that. If the Bible is teaching us, just follow me a second. If the Bible is teaching us, and what did I say? 2 Timothy 1, 7, is that what I wrote down? If the Bible is teaching us, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, spirit of love, a spirit of, of sound mind. Some verses say, uh, you know, self-discipline or what have you. That easily translates to me to know that I got to know what this power, love, and this sound mind is. If he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, of love, of sound mind, well, what is that? And that's what I spent my weekend really studying out. What is that? The power. It's the power that lives inside of me. We had already covered, I think it was Romans 8, when we talked about the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead also resides and lives in us. The power that he's given us to go and do even more than him. The love, knowing that our God is a jealous God. He cares about us. His love is eternal for us. He predestined us. I don't think people really realize how much of a fighter God really is and how he defends and fights for us. You know? It's like messing with somebody's child, you know. When you come against me, you don't come against me. You're coming against God. I really have very little to do with it. One of the Psalms I quote all the time, and uh, I should have turned to it, I think it's Psalm 27, that talks about um, um, the Lord is my light and my stronghold. Whom shall I fear? Uh, hang on, let me, let me just pull it up really quickly. I do not like that I don't have my Bible in front of me. But I think it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Let me make sure it's Psalm 27. It is. So it's Psalm 27. And Psalm 27 is, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Who, who am I supposed to fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Who, who am I supposed to be afraid of? What situation is supposed to make me afraid? And then it goes on to talk about when wicked or evil men come against us to devour us. Um, I should have left it open. So I'm, I'm paraphrasing off the top of my head. Um, but when w- wicked or evil men come against us, um, how the Lord is going to fight for us. It's, I, I think if I remember correctly, it says it's, it's my foes who are going to stumble and fall. Why is that? Because God is fighting for us. 
Remember when we talked about Gideon? And you know I'm not going to go back and read through that because I've, I've mentioned Gideon so many times. Why would he lower his army down from hundreds to uh, from from thousands to what three or four hundred? Why did he do that? Why did God do that? He said because I need you to know that it was I that bought you through and not yourself. So we're talking a little bit about power, right? Let, let me just take it back. Second Timothy one seven says, basically, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. Mm-mm, I didn't give you that. I gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. So we just talked about power, the power that rests in us. Who are we? Love, radical love that God has for us. And what is sound mind, or some people call self-discipline, or some people call it enlightenment, knowledge of the word of God. So when I'm tempted to worry about things, I think through Matthew chapter 6, I think it's 25 through 33, that talks about do not worry. Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink. You know, about your, your I think it says about your body, um, and it goes on to talk about is life not more important than food, the body more important than clothes. And then it goes on to talk about how your heavenly father knows that you need these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I think it ends by saying something like, uh, Uh, So do not worry about tomorrow for each day has enough trouble. Tomorrow can worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Write that on the tablet of your heart. So when you're tempted to sit in worry and stress and fear, you remember, whoa, 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 whoa. This is an arrow sent to me from the enemy that I got to strike down in the name of Jesus. This has to be struck down because this is not lining up with what the Bible is teaching me. Wait a minute, this is an arrow, this is fear, this is worry, this is stress coming to me. Whoa, Second Timothy tells me, wait, 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 I didn't give you that spirit. So why are you accepting it? I didn't, it's almost as if you can just see God like, I, I didn't get that to you. I guess I should have started off by saying you're listening to Unlocking Greatness podcast with Zendra Glass. Feel free to call me Z. Um, I love you all, and I just want you to realize there is a danger in living a life in fear because it almost, I don't know the right way of saying it other than to say, it almost counsels out the, the faith and the power that we say we believe that God has in our lives. It's almost like saying, I know, God, you know, you love me, but I don't trust enough to know that you're going to really pull me through this or, 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 or take care of me in this situation. It's fear. Fear literally distorts our current reality. It could make us look at our current situation instead of looking at it from a blessed point of view. Realizing how blessed we are. The fact that we can. The fact that we can even even breathe in and out. The fact that we still exist. Right now, the fact that God has kept us alive this long, the fact that he's kept some food on the table for us. You get my point? So many of us are in a blessed place and we don't even see it. Now, I'm speaking from conviction because I've spent the last at least three, four days in pure meditation and prayer on this. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, to destroy So by living in fear, I'm not even acknowledging that God's presence is there, that he's going to watch over me. I'm not even I'm not even trusting. It makes me not look at my blessings. It it, it almost like mocks, mocks the power of God. It it, It almost makes a mockery of it. Now, I know we're human and we naturally have our 
concerns about things. I'm not saying just go off and do things with, you know, no cautious whatsoever, you know, not being cautious about certain things like running and jumping off something. I'm not talking about that type of fear. I'm talking about the fear that's sent to us from the enemy. There's an amazing passage I want you all to read on your own. And uh, that is in first Kings chapter 19. Study out what happened with Elisha. I love Elisha, not Elisha with the S, the one that came after him. I'm talking about Elijah, the main he one of the primary Hebrew prophets who uh, one of the greatest prophets. Uh, I, I personally think in the Bible and Elijah was the one who went against. I think it was King Ahab or something like that. I think his name is Ahab. Did I write it down? Yeah. King Ahab. Ahab was the one married to Jezebel. And you guys have all heard about Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit and, you know, what have you. Ahab was the one that, you know, she was married to him. And Elijah had just done some phenomenal things, taking out a lot of the uh, false prophets and, and people that were worshiping other gods and what have you. It's a phenomenal story. I'm just trying to give you the shortest piece of it. You can go and read it, uh, read that whole story about Elijah. But when he was done and he had um, taken out all of those people uh, and had done some miraculous signs, guess what happened? Fear got on him. And we're talking about the prophet. Of, we're talking about one of the main prophets of God. Because guess what Jezebel said to him when Ahab went back and told her that uh, that he, you know, I think he had, you know, slaughtered all of the um, the people who were worshiping these false gods or what have you. You had to read the story. It'll make sense. But anyway, guess what Jezebel said? She said it, it, it basically uh, I'm taking your life by tomorrow is what she so told him. And she said, and, uh, you know, if I don't have your head by tomorrow, then then let the gods deal with me. I'm paraphrasing, but I should probably go to it. Hang on a second. Let me see. Can I pull it up real quick? Because I know I have some uh, biblical scholars who don't like uh, paraphrase interpretations. And I want to respectfully make sure I'm quoting the scriptures. In 1 Kings chapter 19, I'll start in verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. But anyway, then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow, then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. So let's stop a second. Now, I know you don't know the backdrop to the story, but when I tell you Elijah was it was just him and here he is, he's up against. Oh, I don't want to get it wrong. I want to say it was like 450 or so prophets. It was a couple hundred. So when I tell you the things that this man did and the miracles he performed, he was bad. And that's bad in a good way, because Elijah was one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. So he had just came from doing some major, major, major stuff. I'll just save you on the details. Major stuff. Right. It, with, with, with tons of people that could have easily taken him out. But it says that once Jezebel uh, said that, so may the gods do to me and more so if I don't make your life as one of them by this time tomorrow. In verse three, it says, then he was afraid. And he arose and ran for his life. And again, uh, starting, maybe starting uh, first Kings chapter 18 and read that whole story. And you're going to be like, what? He just did all of this and now he's going to run. Uh, and then the Bible goes on and just talks about how he went on a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down on a tree. And um, he basically said, God, God, I'm just ready to, you know, he I'm, I'm going to paraphrase now. He basically just said, God, enough is enough. 
He says, just, just, just take me away. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm done. I mean, he was just fearful. He's like, God, just take me at this point. Just fearful. You know? And then what did fear do when he accepted that spirit of, of fear? What did fear do? Fear distorted his reality. He started saying to God, like, I'm, I'm the only one left. Like, I'm the only good person left. I'm the only one that hasn't bowed knees to these other gods. Read the story yourself. You'll see. And he said it at least two or three times. Just take me. I'm tired. She's trying to take my life. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one left. And that wasn't true. It was actually a couple thousand left. And if you read later on in the chapter, you'll see that. Distorted his reality. And we're talking one of the greatest prophets. Now, he went on to do some good things and God went ahead and took him, you know, uh, in a good way when I say took him. But the point I'm trying to get at is read that story and look how powerful this man was. And look at the fear that came his way and he accepted it. Look how it distorted his reality and look what it caused him to run off and do. And what's really amazing about that story is all Jezebel did was sign a warning. Obviously, if you really think about it, her uh, proclamation or whatever you want to call it didn't come true. Because the Bible teaches us that, you know, about a day's walk away or however the Bible words it, you know, that's when Elijah went under some juniper tree or broom tree or something. So let that just soak in a second. So what she said is going to happen didn't even come true. Now, I'm talking to you all, but I'm convicted myself. Just so you know, not casting judgment on anybody. I'm no one's minister. I'm, I'm actually talking to myself. He was worried about something that was sent to him that never even came true. What I'm asking for you is to please take some time to soak in your Bible, spend some time in prayer and ask God to show you who you are in his presence so that you do not let fear rob your tomorrow by causing you to be stagnant today, by causing you to be, I don't even want to use the word unappreciative because I feel a lot of times when I've been fearful, it's not that I was not appreciative of what God has done. I just couldn't see it all the time. Don't let fear rob your tomorrow. Take your tomorrow back. If God has put some things in your heart to do, do it. If you don't see how you're going to do it, you, 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 you don't know how it's totally going to work out. Just walk in faith that he is going to provide along the way. I really believe that this is a time in life where many of us have to make some key decisions on how we're going to move forth in our life by walking in faith with what God has told us to do. So I've made a decision. I would never in my life. I made the decision over the weekend, by the way. I will never in my life, ever in my life, make a decision again based out of fear. I will never in my life. I reject the spirit of fear over my life. I know the power that lives inside of me. I know the love that God has for me. And I have the, the sound mind, the self-discipline, the enlightenment, however you want to word it, because there's many different Bible translations on uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm rejecting the spirit of fear, and I'm walking forth in what God is telling me to do. And that is a decision that I've made. And God is going to give me the wisdom and the insight as I move forth. I pray that this has helped you all. This lesson actually was not planned out. I did this studies and, and, and meditation and prayer all through the weekend for me. 
It really was for me. I didn't do it because, oh, let me think of something good to share with them. And now I'm just bringing you what God has fed me. He's fed me my daughter, (laughs) my daughter. I didn't give you that spirit of fear. I didn't give you that spirit of fear. I refuse to let fear take any of my tomorrows. Because as of today, I've made a decision to move forth in some areas of my life that's very scary. It's going to cause me to go out there and, God, i got to trust you. But I'm going to use the gifts and talents you've given me. Because this world needs hope. This world needs love. This world needs to be inspired. This world needs to be encouraged. This world needs to know your words. And I believe you're going to give me the right balance using my gifts and talents to help them. I was listening to the song yesterday. um, I think it was yesterday because I've been in worship and prayer all weekend. And I think I, I told you all when my son died, as he was taking his last breath, I played this song called Yes by this group called Shekinah Glory. And it's hard for me to listen to that song because it immediately takes me back to when I was holding his hand. But I went ahead and let it play because it's on my gospel music playlist. And I literally sat there and allowed the whole song to to play to remind myself that my answer is yes. Because that's such a beautiful song. It says something like, if I told you what I really need, would you you still say yes to me? Something like that. Would your answer still say yes? And and the song says, says something about I'm calling you higher. And I was sitting there and I just said, God, I'm ready to answer to the call. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm going to do it, even if it doesn't make sense to other people. I will no longer make decisions driven by fear. I will live a purpose-driven life. So anyway, uh, I love you all. I pray this has helped you. There's a tremendous danger in living in fear because it robs your tomorrow. It mocks the power of God. It distorts your reality. The enemy comes to kill and steal and destroy. And let's not give him another day to ever do that again in our lives. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness Podcast. And I pray to God, somebody out there gets it what I'm saying and someone from this day forth will make the decision that they would never live in fear again never make decisions again from a place of fear because that spirit wasn't sent from God and every time that spirit comes your way you block it in the name of Jesus and you say no 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 <laughs> uh-uh no 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 I'm a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation of people belonging to God No, 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 no. God told me not to worry. No, 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 no. God says I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. No, 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 no. Every weapon formed against me is not, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm a child of the most high God. Mm -mm. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's how we reject that spirit of fear. That's it. I love you all. Bye-bye.